Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. Everybody, this is Stan Wangland, and I am one of your co-hosts for the People Under the Stairs. Uh, you know, we've got a great show for you tonight, and you know who my other wonderful uh, co-host is. He's on the other side of the opening, the interdimensional opening of Skype. That's Paul James Caden, and he's waiting patiently for me to open up. Skype land, which I've just done. Paul, are you there? I'm in the vortex ready to broadcast. I'm out of body. This is very uh, interesting tonight that I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm coming through as, as a spirit voice. So I love I it. Hope, I hope that impresses the audience. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. It's impressing the hell out of me, man. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> But uh, hey, it's nice to see you tonight, Paul. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, actually uh, Paul came up with the idea for this show. This was a, a great topic uh, uh, that he brought up. Uh, you know, we had uh, quite a number of things we could talk about on our weekly to buy weekly show here. We've been doing a, a weekly show lately uh, for folks, but uh, I think we'll be picking that up a little bit in the near future because everybody's been very busy after the uh, first of the year. But I think we decided on the title of the show as the infamous Vince Vaughn handshake. And, uh, this is nothing paranormal to be sure, but it certainly is something, uh, uh, that's very important. And Paul, why don't you, you fill people in on uh, the infamous handshake with um, with uh, Vince Vaughn, who, in, in case anybody doesn't know, you know, since we reached many, many countries, Vince Vaughn is a very uh, famous American comedian and comedic actor, you know. And uh, if you like uh, one of his famous pictures, I, I guess the big one is Dodgeball <laughs> that I think everybody's seen. Uh, amongst a host of other ones, but he's a very, very popular guy uh, in America. So, Paul, what the hell did Vince Vaughn do that uh, got uh, the demons stirred up in, in America and throughout the world? Oh, boy. Well, I'd, I'd first like to uh, just let the audience know that uh, here in 2020, uh, we, we are going to you know, change our format, just uh, not really change it, but when the people under the stairs started out, it was paranormal and other topics and uh you know we just want to kind of uh remind the audience uh that, that that's the, the direction the show goes in because it's it's not always easy to have a, a paranormal topic there's not something that uh, you come across every day so uh, that's where we have other topics <laughs> such as this one that oh that's uh, true 
you know, certainly, certainly interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I think if uh, you're someone who, um, uh, you know, is a little bit, uh, spiritual, like we are, you know, these Mm -hmm. can have some, uh, you know, philosophical and, uh, you know, more questions that, that you, you know, perhaps could, you could ask yourself, uh, in the way the direction the world is going, but, uh, what this is all about, there was, um, I believe it was a, a football game the other night and uh, Donald Trump and his wife were attending and uh, Vince Vaughn and his wife were seated next to them. And, you know, Vince uh, came in to take his seat and, you know, he, of course he's being polite. He smiles and he shakes hands with Donald Trump and he takes a seat and he watches the game. And uh, unfortunately, with the way uh, society and the world is going uh, these days, which we'll talk about more in a little bit, everybody just, you know, there was a firestorm around this that he's, I, I guess he's supposed to be a Democrat. How could he shake hands with this man? Vince Vaughn is canceled, which means everybody hates him. They're not going to watch his movies or his shows anymore. So it's, it's a big lot of hate and hate speech and, uh, pretty much um, protesting the man. You know, he shook hands yeah. with Donald Trump. He's now the enemy. He's he's the Antichrist. And man, you know, there's a lot I could say about that reaction, but I'm going to toss it over to you, Stan, to let you give your uh, two pence worth uh, about what you think about all this and why. Why are people acting in this fashion? <laughs> I, I think it is. Uh, it, I think it's a great show, and it's a great example, and it, it's it shows the difference between people who are zealots, um, and and that's an old biblical term, actually. And you can use that. Zealots, they were like fanatics. They had their great zeal for something, and they you know they took something to such an extreme that people would say you're a zealot. Uh, it, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond reason, uh, the way that people are behaving now. Uh, they uh, they are personalizing everything. And there is such, um, not to keep using buzzwords, but there is such a sense of tribalism and such a sense of, um, the, you know, that, uh, you know, I have the right answer and you can't think anything else or you're evil. Um, you know, it... it People are reinforcing that in their brain, and then their brain is reinforcing that in their behavior, and then the behaviors that they have are re-reinforcing it in their brain, and they're really developing. Um, I'm talking as a psychologist now, pathological responses to things, and you know, very famous psychologist um, Paul, and I hope you don't think I'm getting lost in the weeds on this. You stop me if I am, because I think this is very uh, helpful for people. Is Albert Ellis? And that's Albert E-L-L-I-S. He is famous, folks. He developed the whole idea of what they call rational emotive behavior therapy. And he said, hey, man, your perception of the world influences the way that you act. It's as simple as that. And he said that people aren't crazy because they have a neurosis or they have this, is that they have erroneous perceptions and erroneous beliefs. And one of the belief systems is that there's one right answer for everything. You know, he, he has, you know, the 11 things that will, you know, that keep you crazy thinking that there's a right answer for things. And he's expanded that list over the years, uh, you know, that everybody has to love you. Uh, that, you know, there's, there's many more. Look up Ellis and look at his 11 things that sustain craziness. And you'll see this very one at the top of the list. You know, that, that mm-hmm. people can't, you know, there's one right way of doing things. And if you hate Donald Trump, if you think he's a bad person, anybody who shakes his hand, anybody who shows any human decency, anybody who, you know, says that everything he does is wrong, uh, you, you know, that the, there's something wrong with that person and that person has to be destroyed. That person has no right to their opinion. Now, in saying this. If I'm not taking too much time and hijacking, uh, you know, the first few minutes of the show, which I don't think I'm doing, but if I am, Paul, again, please stop me because I'm vehement about this. I don't think there's anybody who dislikes Donald Trump as much as I do. Would you concur with that, Paul? I would concur. Yes. I didn't say I don't like 
or despise Donald Trump as a human being. You have never heard me once on a show, once in my private life. I bet Paul hasn't, and we see each other privately all the time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish harm on one hair on his head or his wife or his children or anybody else including the people that have gone to jail that have been, you know, corrupted our government or whatever, who could possibly be happy, uh, you know, that, that that's a good thing. But at the same time, if you happen to like him, if, you know, if you think he's a, is a good person and you're that damn silly and unpatriotic or is foolish in my opinion, so be it. That's your, that's your opinion. That's your right. To do that, uh, I know as a rational person, and based on the things that I'm saying, I can't have Trump derangement syndrome over you. I can't wish death on you. I shouldn't boycott, uh, you know, or I'm not going to boycott uh, what you're doing uh, necessarily if I don't like that. All you did was shake the guy's hand. It's just being polite. There's nothing more. You don't need to be uh, offended. You don't need to take somebody's life out over that. You know, uh, he's not uh, he's not Hitler. Uh, he's not a war criminal. Uh, you know, he's not a child molester. Uh, he's the president of the United States that has a lot of crazy policies. But this same mentality goes on in a whole host of other ways. Somebody does something with somebody we don't like. Or somebody we have great distaste for, and and boom, we go for it. Same thing happened to Ellen DeGeneres. Yep, you know, it's a big, you know, a liberal person. Uh, she seems to like George Bush. You know, was nice to him at a thing. George Bush is a very endearing guy. Even if you don't like him, a lot of people he's a, he's a nice fellow. So she was polite. President Obama and his wife have great fondness for George Bush. It's it's crazy behavior, and it's uh, it's really rampant in our our country and, and wrong. What do you think about that, Paul? Do you think it's crazy behavior or it's just poor behavior? I I think it's both. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, folks. You know, I think for me, and, and uh, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong or or add to it. I think what I've noticed from my perspective uh, in life, the, the kind of work that I do, the kind of life that I lead, uh, very much in that spiritual arena, I've noticed a couple of different things. And, you know, first and foremost, we have the young people, the, the millennials, who don't have uh, really the, the foundation in any uh, spiritual thought or, or philosophy, you know, most of them don't, you know, we have this whole thing, uh, as me and Stan talk about sometimes, you know, to believe in anything, uh, as far as a higher power in the universe, well, that's the tooth fairy in the sky, it's Santa Claus in the sky, and it's all this, these, uh, notions people come up with. And so those people, rather than being, uh, putting something like religion or church on Sunday or whatever, first and foremost in their lives, they're they're looking to other things, whether it's sports, whether it's politicians, whether it's um, Hollywood personalities. And, you know, I think the same mentality goes for older people because throughout the 90s and into the 2000s now, uh, you know, religion has taken a hit. You know, organized religion has done some, uh, if I may say, uh, you know, on the show, on the air, some pretty shitty things to people. People that were taken advantage of by, you know, these televangelists. Absolutely. Uh, you know, things that are going on in the Catholic Church with, you know, the, the priests abusing children and the cover-up. And many of the Protestant denominations where, you know, never mind talking about it, God is love, everything was hellfire, brimstone, you're going to burn if you believe the wrong, you know, people jumped ship, you know, ship like rats on a, on a sinking boat. And I was just talking to my wife last night about this, that there's so many people that I've talked to in the last um, 11 years that, that we've been married 
that have gone through major crises of fate. And most of them that I've talked to, and I still talk to people like that now, whether it's through YouTube or different things, you know, online where I'm, I'm on uh, social media and people, you know, will, will seek me out or, you know, I might have friends on Facebook, you know, I'm Facebook friends, but I don't really know them, know them. And they'll message me about these kind of things. And most of them haven't recovered. You know, they're, they're still uh, 20, 30 years later trying to rediscover their faith. And many have given up on it. And they're now, hey, all of it is full of crap. And those people, too, where once upon a time, maybe they were in fundamentalist religion or, you know, eyeball deep in, you know, maybe Catholicism or what have you they're looking for the alternatives as well. And it's the same things, but for the older people, it becomes more political. You know, it's, you know, the, the political parties, you know, the, the candidates and uh, you know, it's really, um, I think between the two and, you know, I, I just, I just did a podcast on my other show last week, you know, that, you know, people are in between a rock and a hard place because, you know, you're either out there seeking, and if you're seeking in this day and age, you you have all this insanity you see in the world and people making politics, as I call them, the new popes and the new Christs, for crying out loud. And, you know, as far as religion goes, I mean, it's, it's all fundamentalist zealots and fanatics. Mm-hmm. So which, which one do you choose? You know, if, if you if you're going to, if you're going to move into the the religious realm, you got a bunch of nuts. If you go into the political, you know, the other side, the the secular direction, you know, you you have a bunch of nuts. <laughs> you know, what I think, I I think this is really, I think this is really damaging to people, you know. And then of course there are the religious people that, as you've talked about before, the the fundamentalists, you know, maybe may uh, people down in. Uh, you know, the Bible Belt or people that are not that educated and they're fighting to be heard because religion is kind of taking a beating, you know, mm-hmm. so they're supporting somebody like Donald Trump, you know, uh, tooth and nail because, you know, they feel that that's somebody that's going to preserve their way of life, their faith, their America as they believe it should be. So mm-hmm. everybody, everybody's at one another's throats. Everybody's hating one another. Everybody's, you know, fighting for what they feel is right, even though they're acting absolutely wrong. And if you're one of those people that you're all ticked off at Vince Vaughn because he shook Donald Trump's hand, let me ask you a question. And I don't think a lot of people think about this. You see a lot of things in an elections past, you know, the faith community, and they always have their favorite candidate that they want their um, parishioners and followers to vote for. I've heard people, you know, I've heard some of these televangelists and even ministers in the past, if you don't vote, it's a sin and God's going to judge you for that. Go out and vote whoever, whoever they supported. Mm -hmm. And um, boy, I completely lost my train of thought when I said that, (laughs) but (laughs) But uh, no, nonetheless, yeah, it's 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 a real wreck out there. And if the main point comes back to me, I'll I'll, I'll say it. But um, well, you you know, Paul, you can see the you can see the um, the entire. It's 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 really uh, a key here is when does intolerance become almost like a mental disorder or a behavioral disorder? Uh, and it is true. And, and it is. Yeah, because uh, I'm a college professor and I can tell you one of the, the things that I always loved about college uh, when I went to as an undergraduate, when I went to Brooklyn College and when I was a graduate student, when I went to St. John's University. Uh, my goodness gracious, I can remember in the 70s seeing G. Gordon Liddy. And uh, for those of you in the audience who don't know who G. Gordon Liddy was, oh, my God, he was one of the original Watergate burglars. He was uh, one of the main people testifying in the Watergate hearings. He was a former FBI agent who, uh, you know, his claim to fame was uh, he could put his hand over a candle and he, you know, he, he, all this other kind of stuff. And he was portrayed as an absolute lunatic from the lunatic fringe. 
And of course, uh, he's also the guy who coordinated the break-in into Daniel Ellsberg's office in the uh, 70s, was a famous psychiatrist who released something called the Pentagon Papers. So here's a little history lesson for you, uh, plus uh, some other stuff. So he was hated by everybody in America. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, kind of like um, um, an FBI version of Oliver North, uh, for those of you who may remember Oliver North, the handsome colonel from the Reagan era, the Iran-Contra affair, the same kind of thing. I saw G. Gordon Liddy live up close and personal, you know, maybe 30 feet away on the stage at St. John's University, where he gave a two and a half hour presentation that was positively a brilliant and where the audience, uh, you know, was there to mock him and to see him, you know, because of his notoriety. Uh, they, they didn't say they didn't want him on campus, you know, like happens today, which is my point. You can't have people with differing points of view that you come and listen to. And then we got the question to ask, the opportunity to ask him questions, any questions. And he answered them all uh, quite eloquently and surprised and endeared himself to everybody. He was anything but a lunatic. And you could see why he was an FBI special agent, because he was highly intelligent. He had a, a, a tremendous sense of history. Uh, he was uh, a lawyer, amongst other things. And he was anything but a nut, is what I'm trying to say. He just was a guy who had a particularly different point of view, did some kooky things, had some kooky beliefs, and uh, was a fascinating human being. And uh, you, uh, proved to be correct in the story because he you know, proceeded from there years later to having his own radio show and writing books and different things like that, like Charles Coulson, uh, who became a very famous religious guy after getting out of prison for Watergate. So my point being is if you went in there with the mindset that, hey, screw this guy. He can't even come to the campus. I'm not even going to listen to him. I don't want to hear what he has to say. He's a bad person. You're never going to get any understanding, uh, any insight in life. You're never going to hear an opposing point of view. You're never going to hear the loyal or disloyal opposition to anything. You're only going to be, you might as well just take a mirror and talk into the mirror. And, you know, just, just listen to what it says back to you. Because that's all you're seeking in life. You're not, you don't want to be challenged. You don't, you know, even a, even a broken clock can be right two times a day. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to listen to other people and not to shut people down or shut them off or take away their livelihood just because you don't like them. Uh, a good example of that was also with Roseanne. I absolutely in the 80s and 90s when her show was popular, the you know, the Roseanne Barr show, I mm -hmm. detested that show. I thought it was sickening. Yep. Didn't think any I didn't like one thing about it, including her. Zero. And when they said they were going to redo the show, I said, are you kidding? I personally think shows like Roseanne actually hurt the moral fiber of people and their sense of how they should act. And, yeah, I do think television affects those things. And that's why there's, uh, you know, but I won't even get into that on this thing. However, she made some kind of a comment uh, that she was a Trump supporter or whatever it is. She, her ass was thrown off the show. Oh, yeah. She, she made fun of the appearance of someone uh, and said she looked like uh... – the cross between uh, an ape and and um, I don't know what it was, but it was it was almost like a, a racial comment. Yeah, I I you know that part I, I I don't recall you know, and you probably have it, but I know she was a big Trump supporter, mm -hmm. and that was the final straw. You know, that you know, was the just... final straw. Away she goes. Tim Allen is you know has come back with with the show, and I was telling you before. He had to make perfectly clear and keep saying, I don't agree with all the things we've got Trump now. And, you know, won't use, uh, you know, political humor on the show at all. So. See, and that's and, and that's sad. And and, and uh, uh, thanks for that save. But it did bring back my my main point I was going to make, mm -hmm. which is right up uh, right up this alley in the same vein. Uh, you know, when you had the, the preachers and the televangelists telling people how to vote, they always had their favorite candidate. And, uh, you know, they were always, you know, the, the candidate, the, uh, the, the faith community, uh, as we'll call them, they all talked about we're losing rights in America. You know, they're taking away this right. They're taking away that right. You know, we got to bring America back. But then they had 
their idea that if they got their candidate and you know and their person in and things went their way, they were going to take away other people's rights. Well, we're going to allow the Bible back in school, but you know you can't bring the Quran or you know literature from another faith because you know it's uh, it's heathenistic and it's it's polluting the morals of children. Mm-hmm. You know these people were going so far as. You know, uh, talking about at times, you know, what books should be allowed in bookstores mm-hmm. and, you know, e- even sections, you know, pe- people that practice uh, the Wiccan religion, you know, that this mm-hmm. stuff shouldn't be available or that should be age restricted. I mean, you know, and people are were up in arms about that and rightly so. But now flip that. If you're one of these people that are all, you know, mad because Vince Vaughn shook hands with Donald Trump, what are you going to do? What kind of person do you want in office? Do you want the shoe on the other foot where you want to be in charge and you're starting to take away everybody else's rights, even the right to an opinion? Because that's what it's coming down to. Mm -hmm. You know, Tim Allen, in order to go back on TV and, be, you know, nobody can say what they really feel. And Mm -hmm. if they they make it back from, you know, the, the barrage of bullshit that, you know, people give them. They got to come. Well, I didn't really mean that. And I don't, you know, they, they always have to backtrack. Mm-hmm. And I say shit and I say shame on you if that's the way you are, because let me tell you something. If that's the way the country is run, if that's the way the world is run. And there's some people out there in the uh, the uh, conspiracy field. And we've talked uh, about that on my show and this mm-hmm. show, conspiracy theories, who feel that all this is social programming little by little. The powers that be. Uh, have brought us to this where we're so, you know, little by little, more and more intolerance of one another. And now this is what we have. And, you know, it is it is social programming and it, and it's not just from the powers that be uh, social media uh, is uh, to blame for a great deal of this. Uh, or I shouldn't say, I, you know, I don't have to say the word blame, but is a major, major factor because uh when people are on Facebook and when people are particularly on Twitter, they're doing a thing, uh, you know, that behaviorally it's called posturing. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know what a person says, you know, when they're not on Twitter or on Facebook. People are posturing all the time. They're trying to give the impression that their life is wonderful or their life is very sad. Or when they go on vacation, they're just having the best time ever. And you're stuck back here in the cold northeast or it's too fucking hot where you are, whatever it is. They're posturing. They're posturing for likes. And, uh, you know, they are also developing attitudes and behaviors they're not even aware of. And one of them is that people are becoming offended at everything. They're becoming offended at everything. And they're becoming increasingly, totally biased in their thinking. And, uh, I, I belong to many uh, sites uh, where I have friends uh, who are very liberal. Uh, you know, they uh, you know, are very progressive people. And I, I, I know other people who are very conservative, uh, you know, the other end of the spectrum. And I'll tell you the truth. There's no difference between the two. There's Mm-mm. absolutely no difference between the two. It's just the perspective. Uh, with several liberal groups that I know with people that are very enjoyable, intelligent people. Well, they're very pro, uh, you know, women's rights. They're very, uh, you know, pro, uh, you know, other things you can typically associate with, uh, you know, very liberal uh, causes. My goodness, if it's, a, you know, every, if it's, it has to do with two candidates or three candidates, uh, it isn't the determining factor whether one person has more experience or one person is more intelligent or one person has a better policy, it's, are they a woman? Are they a woman Mm -hmm. of color? Are they this? Are they that? And I'm being dead serious with you. I'm I'm not a racist, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm not an anti-feminist or anything else like that. Uh, I I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm a white male, and I know that uh, supposedly that's not a good thing to be right now, but I don't buy into that nonsense. Why why would I think that's a bad thing? You know, because somebody on... No, I'm being serious. So and, now, and 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 now how how would that go? I mean, I'm not racist either. I never have been. No, but no, again, you're not. again, flip that. How would that go if if white people were sitting back on? Well, you know, it pays to be a, a black man in this day and age. 
There would be yeah. holy shit hell yeah, to don't pay. Don't say that shit. Don't say that. Yeah. Uh, and 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 you know you can understand that if you you know you can understand that if you're uh, an African American or a person of color or a black American whatever you'd like to be called, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, because you you have got the shitty end of the stick, uh, you know, in in many things, and there is blatant racism going on and everything else like that. But you're entitled to talk straight as an African American or a female, and so am I as a is a is a male or a white male or a yellow male or anybody. Uh, you know, that's just common sense, but we don't play that game anymore. We don't play that game anymore. I've done a couple of great, I think great shows. One is, you know, thank you for your service about serving in the military. I just did one a couple of days ago about, uh, you know, all these people who want to go to war all the time. It's called bring back the draft. And it, it, believe it or not, Paul, it addresses the same issue. I hear all these people screaming about, oh, you you know, if I'm a female, it's a wonder woman. Everybody's a woman. Yeah. Okay, when we bring back the draft, we have females in the military right now in common positions. Make sure that goddamn draft comes back, and that's for men and women have to register when they're 18. Mm-hmm. Now, I think yeah, this it's... has very, yeah, it has very much to do with this show. You'll see that there won't be any more 20-year wars, Paul, once every oh, no. swinging yo-yo has to, to go and put some skin in the game. Everything comes out to an even playing field then. You know, so again, getting back to Vince Vaughn, why wouldn't you shake, uh, you know, somebody's hand, even if you don't like him? Here's the question. But what would you do if you were sitting next to President Trump and how would you feel? Honestly, I think you can answer that question easily. And then I'll tell you how I would feel and what I would do. Yeah, I'm I'm not a political person at all. As as you know, I don't have a dog in the fight. Um. Mm -hmm. I would do the same thing. I would shake his hand if I had opportunity, uh, though I disagree greatly with, with many of the things that he says and he does. He's like having a, an eight year old in the, the Oval Office for Christ's sake. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I think for me, I, I would look for opportunity to strike up conversation to see where this man is coming from. And, and maybe if I could, which would probably not be possible because, you know, people with big egos don't uh, really listen to other people. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would try to plant some seeds of common sense and brotherly love and maybe, you know, viewing this whole uh, political game from a little bit different angle. You know, that's honestly how I would uh, look at it. You know, mm-hmm. As you said, you know, on your part, we, Wishing him no harm. I don't want to see him die or, you know. God in heaven, no. Or anybody else. No. No, I know what I would do. I know what I would do in a heartbeat. You'd punch him right in the throat. (laughs) No. No. I'm a vehement, vehement detractor of the president. Although I think he's made a couple of things that have been very good that he does. And uh, again, being a lifelong New Yorker, I'm well aware of Donald Trump as a young man. Uh, he, we are of a very similar age. He's a couple of years older than I am. Uh, at one time, like many other people in New York, I said, wouldn't it be nice if we had millionaires run for office? You know, they, you know, the government's almost like a corporation. Little, you know, it's not. But I was a young guy then. But here's the point. If I was lucky enough to sit next to him, and I say lucky enough, not unlucky enough. And, and I, again, I want to say this again. I don't care whether you turn off the show or not. I mean, I, I do care about you liking the show, but I want, I know you want me to be authentic. I would, if he was sitting next to me, I, I would say I'm honored to shake your hand and I'm honored to shake your wife's hand or, or anything else like that. And Paul, you and I are on the same page. I, you know, I would uh, say I'm ballsy and I, and I, and I could be ballsy in that situation. I would say, you know, Mr. President, I'm never, never going to have an opportunity like this again in life. Could I tell you how I really feel about some things? And if he said, yes, I wouldn't take four hours. I, I would do what you were going to say. I'd say, you know, so you, you really have a great responsibility to the country. And I would let him know uh, that, I, that I would think that by some of his actions, by many of them, that he's, he's let the country fail. And he's, he's letting the country go off by the guardrails. And he's setting you know, a, a poor example and a poor precedent for our country and he's going to hurt our country and uh, i ask him if, if gee you know i you know you're going to do what you're going to do 
but I'm not an unintelligent person. I do represent a lot of people. I'm not saying this out of hatred to you. I'm saying this out of uh, being a patriot, hoping that you're a patriot too, that I love my country. And I want to see things go well. What do you think, Mr. President? Do you, do you think you could consider a little bit of it? Probably wouldn't. He might humor me and say, you know, he might, like other presidents have done when they met a common man and things like that. But I would walk away saying that was a, a great experience. And I could tell you, I would be probably able to do that with anybody in history uh, that you can think of from the best to the worst. I would want to know, you know, what made you act that way? Why, what would you, why, why would you do the things that you're doing? You know, one of the things that uh, for the fans out there, Paul, for the people listening to the podcast, and again, you know, in our country, people, this is from World War II, right after the war, the Nuremberg trials, all the war criminals from Germany and everything else like that. These were the leaders of Germany. One of the, one of the things that the various military, uh, you know, they had these guys in military prison while they were waiting trial or execution, and they had to warn the guards that you can't befriend these guys. Because a lot of them were very endearing, very intelligent, very normal looking, very likable people. And they were going to wind up being hung for the terrible things that they were, uh, you know, doing. And one of the most famous of them was Hermann Goering, the leader of the Luftwaffe. He was an ace in World War One and became, one of, you know, the second most powerful person in Germany after Hitler. And the guards and everybody, they loved him. He was a charming, endearing guy. So was Hitler. <laughs> Women swarmed <laughs> over him. I mean, that's a fact, Jack. Go check your history out, folks. I'm not making this up. I'm not telling you to go out and, and you know, from Mel Brooks, the producer, sing Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> I'm telling you, he was beloved. People were, you know, they loved him. He was kind to dogs. He, you know, he was a mesmerizing type of a guy to people uh, with whatever. Uh, Jesus, if I met him, is evil. He's a monster with the things that he did. But if I met him, I, I, I guess I would almost have to say, um, uh, man, uh, what a privilege to meet you. Not because you're a good person. What would make a, a person like you do what you did? Where did you come up with those ideas? I think I think it was absolute power corrupting absolutely. You know, a number of years ago, yeah, I uh, I was just doing a lot of reading and watching um, a lot of documentaries about Hitler, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought it was just me. I'm like, gee, am I crazy? But then I I talked to uh, you know my wife's son and. Uh, you know, his wife, you know, uh, Mike and Alicia. Oh, sure. And, uh, you know, they were actually doing the same thing. I didn't know this. They had come up for a visit. And uh, I asked them, I said, Jay, was it me or, or did it seem like when he started out, he had some really good ideas, but then things went awry and you almost felt, you know, he was a monster, but you almost felt sad and disappointed at the way, the direction that it went. And then the way that it all ended and they agreed, you know, they, I mean, these were educated people. I mean, you know, young people and they were like, yeah, you know, I, they felt the same way, you know, that, you know, he, he could have done great things, but, uh, you know, he, uh, and the words of, uh, Don Adams and get smart agent 86, he used his, uh, he used his powers for evilness. <laughs> Just to prove your point, by the way, what a lot of people won't know is that um, it was 50 years after the footage released from World War II. There was a mandate for television and movies, 50 years. And you can go back and, and look on YouTube to see when you see the shows. And they'll say that we now have rare color uh, film that's never before been released. It was not allowed to be released because they, they want the generation to pass that was connected with that. They want to skip a generation. The color films of Hitler mm. and the everything that you and I see of, of people like Hitler or Mussolini or you know any of the Axis powers uh, in World War II, of course, they were our, our enemy and for very good reason. They were incredibly evil. I'm not supporting oh, any of these people. No, no. 
like when I said I'd be honored to meet you, know, it is a kind of an honor. It would be like having an honor to meet the devil, you know, if you could meet him, you know, give, give him his respect. He's, he's as bad as it gets. But uh, here's, here's my point. When you see people like Hitler and other people like that in color, Benito Mussolini, other people, they were just what you said, Paul. They were endearing. They were charming. They were even normal looking. Mm-hmm. This guy wasn't at a rally, you know, going on and on that we'd see, you know, going, you know, and screaming and spitting and carrying on. He was acting like a, a, a polished leader of the time. And so the reason that these color f- films were not let out is they didn't want any people, you know, becoming uh, in love with him again. Liking him, thinking what you were thinking initially that, uh, hey, it's too bad. He wasn't, you know, too bad of a guy. It's like watching the courthouse films of Ted Bundy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's the perfect example. The judge, you, you ever see the end of the Ted Bundy things at the end when they, the judge is sentencing him to death? He says, "I'll never forget that in my life." Saying, "What in the hell is the matter with you?" And the guy, the judge actually say, "Well, partner, this is the end of the road." It's, and he looks, he always has tears in his eyes. He says, "Too bad, you're a nice fellow, a good-looking guy, and smart man. It, you know, if you had just taken the right road." And then mm-hmm. just taking the right word, you know, he, he sucked another guy in, even the judge. Look at the, yeah. the horror he brought to his victims. You know, that's the truth. Incredible stuff. Now, does this all play into Vince Vaughn and shaking Trump's hand? Yes. Opinion. all those perceptions that people have and misperceptions do play into those things. And, you know, uh, you, you know what it made me think of? We started this podcast by saying Vince Vaughn was being just being polite, but now I see he's like Ted Bundy and Hitler, and we need to cut his damn arm off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, people. <laughs> yes, yes it, and, it's some some people are just you know well mannered, or they you feel comfortable with people of power, or they you know uh, or celebrity, and uh, they're not just going to be rude or hateful or whatever. They're they're just being a, a, a decent person. And I don't know whether Vince Vaughn is a good guy or a bad guy or whatever in his personal life. It's irrelevant. I think that meeting somebody and, uh, you know, just treating them nice is, is a decent thing to do. I know I would shock people as a psychologist when somebody would say, have you ever worked with a person who's a child molester? And this is probably going to make people upset and they'd say, yeah, I certainly have. Anybody who's killed anybody? Of course I have. Anybody who's been a domestic violence abuser? Of course I have. People who've been cruel to animals? You know me, I'm an animal lover of the first order. Uh, absolutely. How can you help them? Because that's my job. I'm not the executioner. I'm not a prison guard to lock them up or something like that. My job is to, to try and, and work with them and uh, you know help them or you know help them understand their behavior or the consequences of their behavior and things like that but my job is to have some kind of unconditional positive regard even for very bad people and uh, that was the philosophy behind a great psychologist called carl rogers and uh, it bodes well in every situation and i think when vince vaughn extends his hand to somebody that's unconditional positive regard. And think of what that is, unconditional. It means you can be a real scumbag. You could be a bad person, but you're still a human being. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to add before we, uh, we wrap this up, uh, as I was going to you know, interject this later, you know, all this fighting and hating and wanting to take away each other's rights and now you know, one another's opinions the right to speak, uh, the right to, to think differently than you do. If we follow through with this, people, if, if, if you're one of those kind of individuals, what happens if we carry this so far that we actually end up like some of these other countries where there's rioting in the streets and clashes in the streets, you know, a civil war? I mean, some people think we're the stones throw away from having a another, you know, civil war right here in America. And I, I, I tend to agree with a few more sparks. It, it could erupt uh, rather quickly. Then what happens? What happens if 
that's the route we take. And then rather than getting our way, we have some regime step in like, you know, some of these other countries. Well, hey, uh, you, you know, the mass populace can't sort it out for themselves. Look at the, the national unrest. Uh, we have to take charge and, and uh, you know, reinstate order, but order according to our terms. You know, maybe we lose our right to vote. You know, maybe uh, maybe we have a monarchy then or, you know, uh, one of these leaders that, you know, they take the position in the White House and they don't leave until they die. You know, you have to think about what some of the consequences of this could be because it's going to lead nowhere good. This this if it doesn't stop, if we don't use logic, if we don't start treating one another better, it's going to go. And I feel and and that's my. Uh, if I can bring a little bit of the uh, the paranormal to the show, uh, that's that's my prediction. It's it's going to end very badly for the people, very badly for all of us, and very badly for this country. All right, Paul, you mentioned the paranormal. We're not getting out of here with one thing here. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Here is the card. We just are doing a live reading now on the paranormal. The question is, what is the future of America if we don't stop? And the card that was chosen is from the major arcana, Paul. It's the nine. It's the hermit. The hermit. What do you think we have going here? Well, I think with the with the hermit, uh, I get a couple of different vibes from that card because it's it's certainly, uh, you know, in its interpretation, it's it's following the inner light, going inward, uh, finding, you know, finding your path, following the light. Um, but uh, it could also have a reversed effect where, uh, if we don't uh, change our ways, we're all going to be absolutely divided and separated from one another we're we're all going to be like hermits nobody's going to want to talk to anybody nobody's going to accept anybody uh you know you're looking at a you're looking at a nation of uh you know hateful uh recluses you know rather than uh, uh people trying to make it work so right. that's what i would that's what i would say about it well here's another interpretation i just did a, a little quick search here for this one too the hermit tarot card says in an upright position, which is the way that it came out of here, generally indicates that you are entering a period of soul searching. It's soul train. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> Don Cornelius, right? Don Corleone and Don Cornelius. I uh, know it's a period of soul searching, self-reflection and spiritual enlightenment. And here's a funny thing, Paul. Is it isolation that we need where we have to criticize Vince Vaughn? for uh, the, you know, the terrible thing of sticking his hand out for a handshake, or remember what you and I both said, totally unrehearsed with this card coming out, the hermit. What did we say? That after we stuck our hand out with that little bit of unconditional positive regard, didn't both of us say we'd want to sit and say, hey, Mr. President, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Have you ever thought of such and such or blah, 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 blah? Isn't that what you said? Isn't that what I said? Mm -hmm. And what's the hermit saying? He's saying another way to go is to enter a period like the hermit does of soul searching and self-reflection and spiritual enlightenment. And maybe when we see Vince Vaughn or Ellen DeGeneres or Jay-Z or Kanye West or somebody who takes an opinion, whether it be on the left or the right or someplace place in the middle that we don't like, when we get that kind of negative reaction to things and we want to say, hey, I'm not going to buy his products and he really hasn't done anything. Maybe that's where we have to be a little bit like the hermit and not cut that guy off from us, that one approach, but take the other approach and do a little soul searching, a little self-reflection and a little spiritual enlightenment saying, why does this disturb me so much? Why do I want to hurt this person? Why do I want to take away their livelihood? Why do I want to punish them just because they're shaking somebody's hand or saying something nice or showing some respect? to somebody. I think that's an important thing. 
And I hope it's an important lesson for everybody uh, in the listening office, uh, uh, you know, audience rather. I know it is for me, just pulling it out. That's the fun thing about using the card sometimes. Yeah. You know, the hermit can also be following the uh, the light on the dark path, you know, but that but that light is the the inward light. There you or go. The, the, yeah. the, the light of spirit. And I think uh, people definitely need to tap into something and, and start looking for some light on the, uh, the dark path, because man, we're, we're, we're going to, you know, fall over the cliff at, at, at this point. I hear you, man. I hear you on that one. So what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Paul? Do you think uh, we're at uh, a wrap on this show? Do you think uh, we went into some good stuff here tonight or what? I think so. I was very happy with the show. I thought uh, we had some good uh, opinions and messages and thoughts. And uh, I hope everybody out there enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. We had a little history. We had a little psychology. We had a little spiritual stuff. We had a little uh, a little tarot card uh, instantaneous on the air reading off the cuff. Uh, you know, who does that on a show? Nobody, and think, man. And I the think we should. Do, I think we should do that at the end of every show. One of us should pull a card, whatever the topic is, and and do a little, uh, a little uh, one card reading on it. I agree. I like it. I like it a lot. It sounds good. We were talking about that before we we're doing the show. So maybe somebody wants to call in. We can even do a little live on the air reading. You know. And have a little fun with something on a topic like this. But I, I like the idea of pulling a card on the show or pulling some shenanigans unprepared. <laughs> As we put, yeah. And have you ever had your shenanigan pulled, Paul? I'll tell you, that hurts like hell when somebody pulls your shenanigan. It'll pull you right through the Skype tube. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could tell you a story from the 1980s when I was drunk once, but I won't. Don't stop that laughter. This is a show on demons. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, at about a 49, we're at 49 minutes and uh, we're at 50 minutes now, which means we're in the danger zone for Stan uh, to be sure about 15 minutes ago. And, and Paul is ready to lose it right now. And he's a pretty sedate guy. Uh, so I think uh, we're going to call this one. Remember the painter, Bob Ross? He'll, he, will, he would always say, uh, you know, I, I think this one's a wrap. <laughs> like, so hopefully, as Bob would say, we've had a happy accident tonight on the show, and it's been a good uh, show and discussion for you. And we'll be back next week with something um, hopefully interesting. Uh, and of course, it'll be enlightening in some fashion or the other. You know, we'll work very hard to make that happen. Paul, do you have anything interesting going on you want to let people know before we end the show? Um, just the uh, the usual things, nocturnalmagicgmail.com, my, my email, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, although I haven't posted there uh, all that much. I was going to re-monetize, but uh, I've been seeing some channels that uh, do a lot less um, very innocent stuff, just talking about music and music headlines, and they're having a lot of trouble with the advertisers and monetization on YouTube, so... I said, you know, I'm going to step right back in that bear trap if I do it. So I'm just going to kind of leave it alone. But anyway, uh, I have the spirit side. I have the uh, the Arantia podcast, uh, which is still uh, the Arantia podcast. But that may uh, change for legal reasons uh, within the next episode or two. But um, I'm out there. So that that's kind of an ominous kind of a thing. Paul's probably being threatened by a radical religious group. They are. They're, they're outside my window right now with pitchforks and torches. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you're after Paul, remember, I just do the people under the stairs with him. I never liked the guy anyway, and I'm down with you, whether you're the tarantulas, <laughs> the arantulas, <laughs> the naugahides. <laughs> no, it was somebody that was very nice. They just said, hey, there's there's a group of us that, uh, you know, we've had like this little arantia group for a while, and and." and you know, we, we have a podcast called the the Arantia podcast or the Arantia book. And they asked, uh, they, they said they've copyrighted a lot of their, uh, you know, their, their branding names that they're trying to get going. They asked if I would, uh, you know, uh, change the name of, uh, of of my podcast. So I said, yeah, it's not a problem. Sure. And they said, if you don't, uh, you know, have you heard what happened to Vince? Mom, we're going to kill you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
That's it. Uh, no, that sounds very nice to all the people from the Arantia Group. Uh, if you're interested uh, in anything that I do uh, after listening to this episode tonight, <laughs> or maybe you never <laughs> want to hear another thing again from me. From either you, of us, man. We buried ourselves. No, <laughs> you've been. A, yeah, man, I was telling you that I would say to Hitler, I'm honored to meet you, sir. <laughs> And I felt bad for the guy, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Now it's going to, I can see the headlines now in all the papers. Stan Wangland and Paul James Caden, Nazi sympathizers. <laughs> no, folks, we're not. My Uncle Richie was torpedoed twice in World War II and in the North Atlantic. Uh, but <laughs> no, I'm a veteran and everything else. No, we're not a neo Nazi. <laughs> they're, they're, they're bad. They're bad mama jamas, to be sure. I, I've been saying that for my life. You can feel kind of bad up to a degree because, you know, he could have done well. But then once he got into that crazy shit, yes. and he was opening up concentration camps. You're like, all right, you know, that's uh, to me, you know, that's that's a one way ticket to hell right there. You know, at, at, at the lowest level that that was absolutely oh, yeah, yes. horrendous. Yes, of course. I don't, even know, I don't even know how somebody could do that to another human being and think that it well, was it's, okay it's, to do it starts it starts like this but that's another whole show but uh you know uh again wrapping up here and forgive me i, I didn't mean to cut you off there paul but just to do yeah. to, to wrap up our show if you want to uh, catch a hold of some of my other shows uh, i i do have a uh, i think it's a delightful podcast and a, and a nice following called i know i just thinking show and man there isn't a topic that we don't get into uh today's show was on the monarchy you know, do you feel sorry for Prince Harry? He has to look for a job. Well, don't. He's worth about $50 million at the, <laughs> at the Jump Street. He never has to worry about anything again. And that's an archaic uh, institution. And that's the point of the show. But that's neither here nor there. Tomorrow's show is going to be about, uh, you know, guys getting fired from the Astros for stealing signs and affecting the outcome of the game. Is that just, you know, sign stealing or does it have a lot of other implications? Things like that, things about Donald Trump, things about drones and UFOs and all kinds of interesting things. Anything that you could be thinking about or I could be thinking about, no holds barred, all in under 20 minutes. You know, so they're uh, interesting shows, to say the least. So that's, uh, that's, that's one thing I sure as hell don't think about sports as about as much as I think of politics. And that's uh big fat goose egg, my goose egg, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, I'm negatory on both of them. I could give. Uh, I could well, give. it's about the, the the issue is really the cheating. It's not the sports. It's the cheating. And, and why why do we feel the need for this all the time? You know, everything is, you know, it has to be dishonest with people, it seems, in so many different ways. But that's a show. Maybe we'll go over here. But anyway, folks, we had a wonderful time tonight. I really enjoyed the show. This was a good one, Paul. I, I like this. Was. It was. And I hope you don't mind us um, you know, riffing on a show. Uh, we oftentimes, uh, you know, more often than not, at least I do to a great extent, I always like to come in very prepared with facts and different things like that. But it's also nice to riff and just have a nice conversation like we're all having a beer or a cup of coffee or a glass of wine at somebody's home. And just, uh, you know, nobody's an expert. We're just human beings, you know, walking through life. And then we're just the people under the stairs, man. We're hiding out down there, you know? Saying, uh, you know, these are some things that are happening. So with that, uh, I'm going to say good night and God bless. Uh, Paul, any last word? Just good night. Thanks for listening. And uh, please don't hate us after this one. <laughs> don't hate us after this one. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm giving you love, 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 and love. <laughs> good night, folks. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wanglin. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com that's at swangland at gmail.com and please continue to check out all the new episodes of the people under the stairs every wednesday and every sunday on the reality check podcast network
did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets.